You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to this Scottish Football Fans Forum podcast special episode on the League of Ireland. I am the host today, Jeff, because I got free reign. Uh, I've been told by John that I need to say this is season 11, episode 47. I don't know why, but he told me I had to, so that was me doing my good chores for the day. Uh, so, this episode is special on the League of Ireland, and we've got a panel of genuine experts for, for the first time in the history of us doing this. Um, I was told not to do it in the reference of Father Ted, but I'm still going to because it seems like fun. So, uh, we have, uh, during this thing, we have uh, Barry Gosson, who is the editor of Reds Independent, which is a Charles fanzine, which I recommend everyone buys. I do. Uh, so, Barry, good evening. How are you? Great. <clears throat> thanks, uh, thanks for inviting us on. I'm delighted to be here. Um, I wouldn't really class myself as an expert, though, but I'll try my best. I wouldn't be in the same league as Dylan and Philip, but uh, thank you very much for inviting me on. And, I'm delighted to be here. Thanks. Expert is all a matter of opinion. It's all a matter of opinion. Uh, Dylan, how are you? Uh, from you are from uh, RTE Cork Examiner. You, everywhere, really. You just write everything. You are the expert here. I wish. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, I cover games most in the south of Ireland, sometimes Dublin, sometimes the west. I'm a little bit everywhere. Floating around. Floating around. Uh, everywhere is in the Western Scotland. That's the only place people go to watch football these days, apparently. Uh, and finally, we have Phil Root, who is from Forgotten Club and I believe right the book as well. So, Phil, how are you? What's up, Jeff? Delighted to be on. Uh, I'd also say I'm not much of an expert. The lads probably have a bit more um, a bit more expertise than myself. Uh, I'm more of a newcomer over the last few years. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm delighted to be on and hopefully I can contribute to... Uh, Wow, my panel of experts. That was that was we're still going with experts because people that listen to this don't know that we don't know anything. It could all be made up, you'd have to go find out yourself, go watch it. So the plan today is for you guys to get a insight into the League of Ireland, um, which starts this Friday. It did the President's Cup final was last Friday, which was basically 22 men and the wind. Uh, from everything that asks all of it but um, the league starts up properly this weekend and if you are in the UK I have had this verified that if you sign up to Alloy TV you can watch uh, the Shells Pats game it is actually free I think it's only this one though so get on it Um, but we're not going to start there because that would make sense so start off place with us we're going to start off with last season's champions like, yeah, last season's champions, they said Champions League winners then. They weren't, they were champions. Let's not get stations. Uh, which is Shamrock Rovers, they are playing UCD. UCD is obviously University College of Dublin. We should probably mention that UCD are genuinely a college, as I think you guys can verify. It's only players who are actually at the uni can play there. College. Is that, have I got that right still? I think that is correct. Go on, sorry, Dylan, go ahead. No, you're fine. Uh, yeah, so most of the players would be most of the players will be in college there, or they'll be on scholarships there. 
like a couple of years ago, you'd like, you know, uh, Liam Scales is at Celtic. You've Dara Connor, who was at Mayor United right now. They're all in scholarship to QCD. So that's where they were. And it's it's kind of turned to Ireland's feeder club nearly when you look at the younger players who've come out of the college in the last 11 years. So it's, I don't know if you say it's just the uni team, but it's so much more than that. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a book that I recommend everyone reads. It's one that in Dujalange. Uh, Dujalange, I think I've absolutely murdered that pronunciation. Uh, but I highly recommend you read that book. It is a very good, it is a very good read. And it, it usually were the first team, college based team, I should say, to, to get a, I'll say a small run in Europe. It lasted two games, but it was a good run in Europe. They got a win in Luxembourg and then obviously went up to Slavian Bratislava, which is not. No shame for anyone, you know. Just me, Dundee United fan. Um, so uh, that's UCC, as 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 Dylan said, you know, they are the, pretty much the feeder club to every other team, every other team in the top flight. Um, like I said, Liam Scales came through there, and then obviously went to Rovers and then gone to Celtic. And amazingly, playing actually not bad. And I said in a different podcast that I thought Liam Scales would do well in Scotland. I didn't think he'd do Celtic ever well, but. I, Stand collected, I know nothing. Um, obviously, up against Shamrock Rovers. Where would you guys start on Shamrock Rovers? Do you fancy them to retain the title? Do you, do you think there'll be a, a genuine challenge? I'm no against Pats at the weekend. They were a bit, not necessarily the best performance you've ever seen, but I think the wind has to take a lot into that, and Pats did do very well as well. I think, I mean, it's a, it's a very lazy kind of answer, but I do think they'd be red-hot favourites to retain the title, to be honest with you. Um, just looking at their squad here, they've got Jack Byrne back. They've got just strength and in depth everywhere, um, all over, all over the, the park. I don't really see too many weaknesses. Um, it might be a bit closer than last year, but I still don't see anyone catching Rovers. Um but yeah, but they're just just too good. I think Andy Lyons is a good another good signing for them as well from Bowes. Um and they've kept the core of their squad. So I, I can't see anyone really dealing with this year. Yeah, to be honest, I think you've got a valid point. I mean, um one of the questions we did get in was asking uh about Stephen Bradley, would he do you think he'll still be Rovers manager again? I mean his, his stock on the outside is appearing to be on the rise. Do you guys think if a job, relevant job came up in outside of Ireland, do you think he'd go for it? Or do you think he's just going to stay where he is? Um, it's kind of interesting because, like, I suppose uh, that one of the last managers to go to Scotland from Ireland was Pat Fenland. He went to Hibs after he left Bowles, I think, about 10 years ago. And prior to that, it was Stephen Kenny. And Stephen Kenny didn't do that well in Scotland. He famously didn't do that well, and he came back. And we got to the Scottish League Cup final or Scottish Cup final. Uh, either one or the other. I know Pat Fennig got to the Scottish Cup final against Celtic in 2013. But like, while we do have a good record of managers, let's say, leaving, or players leaving Ireland, we don't necessarily have a good record of managers leaving the League of Ireland. Like, I know you have, uh, was it Paul Cook? Who's a Wigan? Or he was a Wigan last time I checked. <clears throat> uh, but like, he was he was English, he came over and he left. But we don't have that many good record, like Irish managers, like Stephen Bradley, leaving the league, and then like England or Scotland. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, yeah. Um... Stephen Kenny got confirmed to the Scottish. It was a League Cup final. Uh, yeah, but his time in Dunfermline was somewhat. Um, I mean, he was in a relegation battle, to be fair to him. Like, the, the budget he had was absolutely nothing in comparison. Confirmed at the time with a basket. So you can kind of forgive him. Um, 
bought it. I am more than happy to say that's a stun on Shamrock Rovers because I think most people in Scotland know who Shamrock Rovers are because of their direct connections to Celtic um, through Dermot Desmond. And recently they're buying the players from, <laughs> yeah, from Shamrock Rovers, uh, which is always interesting. Uh, so <laughs> uh, next up, we are going to go for... Uh, Last, last season's first division champion shells uh, against St. Pats. Thankfully, I've got an expert on shells here, and I've got Phil, who's a St. Pats fan. So this should be this should go well. Um, <laughs> let's start off with shells because obviously they won the division. Uh, they won the first division last season. They're the newcomers. Um, how you what are you feeling towards this season? Because you lost the manager um, in mm. the end of last season. Uh, how you how are you looking forward to this season? Are you Excited, nervous, see how Damien Duff does. I was quietly optimistic, but I would temper that by saying that I fully expect us to finish in the bottom four. And seventh would actually be a really good season, you know. Um, consolidation is, is the name of the game this year. Um, the Obviously, Dame, the Damien Duff factor, the hype, the hysteria that has gone with Damien Duff. Um, you know, there are question marks about Damien Duff in some regards. You now, he, he, ha- he seems to have had a glowing reputation when he was at Celtic and the Irish national team. Did well the, uh, at the Shells underage teams as well. But, um, you know, he hasn't really managed an adult senior team before. And there are question marks over whether or not, you know, he has the sort of staying power. You know, people sort of think he walks out of it. To be fair to Damien, he answered those um, questions head on. Uh, when when he was unveiled as manager back in November, um, with a with a with a you know a level of frankness, so fair play to him on that. Yeah, he recognises that. I mean, he's recruited quite well, to be honest with you. Um, I, you know, initially I was a bit like, oh, what's going on here? But I mean, Jordan McIniff, uh, Jack Moylan, Connor Kane from Trotta, Aaron O'Driscoll, Lewis Webb, the from Swansea, the under twenty one Welsh goalkeeper. Um, that's a very interesting signing in many regards because we had Brendan Clark, who was obviously an established goalkeeper. Um, so, like, why are you sort of signing two first choice goalkeepers? But it could be a very interesting, um, you know, battle for 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 for, for a goalkeeper shirt there. Um, and then he's brought in Durban from Longford, Coyle from Finn Harps, and Boyd up front. If we're, if, if we're lacking anywhere, I think we're, we're we're lacking goals. I don't think we have a natural goal scorer. I was very disappointed to see Yo Yo Maddy uh, leave the club and go to Finn Harps. I think Yo Yo could be this could be putting by uh, you know making a cross from my back here, but I actually think Yo Yo Maddy could be a generational talent. Maybe not a Phil Harps, but you might see him at St. Pat's or Bowes in a couple of years, and he'd be knocking in hat tricks against us and scoring twenty odd goals a season. It didn't really work out from last year because we sort of played Michael O'Connor on his own. Um, but yeah, no, I think I'm quite optimistic. Um, you know, I don't think we'll finish in the top half. And uh, if we finish seventh, as I said, it'd be great. If we finish comfortably eight, we uh, probably happy enough with that as well. But um, it's, it's going to be ourselves, Harps, Finn Harps, ourselves, Finn Harps, Toronto, and UCD in the bottom four. Really, that's how I see it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, yeah. I want Charles to do better than that. But yeah, you've probably got a point. Um, obviously, for, for people in Scotland, Charles are were, and especially in the mid two thousands, a very big. They, 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 Championship with inside, and then um, I think people do remember. Uh, see, United signed Sean Dillon uh, and other players from Shells over the years. Richie Foran as well. Richie Foran made a bit of a mark, didn't he? In uh, in Scotland, the, the head case that he is. 
Um, but yeah, that's it. And obviously, the Pat Fenlon, you know, Pat Fenlon was our manager for years as well. And so that would have been, yeah, Sean Dillon. Yeah, Sean Dillon was only with us for a year, but yeah, it was a great season. Um, you could see he had it. You see, he had it like to, to make it at a higher level, you know. He still screamers up, be fair to him, like absolutely yeah. screamers, but I mean, still angry all the time. Um, yeah. uh, obviously, uh, so the shells coming up, there is a bit of a story behind the shells and the fact that say, uh, the hashtag Save Talker Park, um, which is a big thing, it's the thing that I'm constantly trying to retweet. I've brought up on this podcast a couple of times. Um, as quickly as possible, could we quickly run through what with what the hashtag Save Talker Park is? So well, Safe Talker Park is a you know a grassroots movement of football fans, uh, local activists, um, artists, um, and concerned citizens who are worried um, about the, the loss of another football stadium. You know, Tonka Park is nearly a hundred years old. It's a historic stadium. Um, it, you know, it, it it has been it has hosted uh, you know very important uh, you know football matches and sport, other sporting events. It's you know it, it's rich with history. Um, and I mean, as the as the, the population of the city grows, I don't think we can afford to lose more sporting amenities. Um, and I think it would be, you know, not only a bad thing for Shelburne, um, you know, to, to be moving to Daly Park, but I think it would be bad for Irish football to lose such an iconic um, venue as well. So at the moment, um, you know, there is a campaign to to, to save to save the stadium. Um, the city council seem to be intent on on effectively um, selling off the stadium to fund the redevelopment of Daily Mill Park. Um, and the campaign is trying to stop that uh, and trying to, to stop the, the stadium being sold for um, for, for, for non, non-football sporting use. Yeah. So- that's, no, that's a very rough, um, that's a very rough <laughs> uh, uh, outline of it. Obviously, you should check out the um, Safe Talk of Park website, which has the, the, the full uh, white paper manifesto oh. on it. Um, there's a lot of great work going on there, but on the scenes and, and in public on it. Oh, yeah. I, I've tweeted about it. I keep me tweeting about it. And we'll make sure that the link to the Save Talk Park is in the description for this episode. Okay. And we'll link it in the actual episode as well, because it is a thing that uh, it's gotten. We've had a lot of stadiums that are now effectively popping up that are effectively just, they're just copy and paste jobs. You know, they're just the same, the same four we stay, four we stands, and they're just, you couldn't find a difference. They've lost a lot of their soul. Um, you know, if we can try and save one, <laughs> just save yeah. one. That's all uh, you know, uh, it, it, I mean, it's it's very interesting to see as well the sort of broad swell of support for Save and Talk Apart from particularly people who, non-Shelburne people and people who would have a sort of a, a hatred or animosity towards Shells, but people can actually see the bigger picture and see how important it actually is and you know, you do see a kind of, you know, people taking the pace of it and, 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 and you know, slating it and, and, and whatnot. But I think most, the vast majority of people would recognise it would be a major loss for Irish football oh. for, 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 this to, for, for this to happen. And, you know, it's a fabulous play. I'm, I'm obviously biased because I've just looking at my footballogy app there. I've seen 429 <laughs> football games in Talca Park, I think, or 492, something like that. But, um, you know, it, it's actually a fabulous place to watch football. It's just really fantastic. There's something very special about it. Everyone says about their home ground, but there is something quite magic about Talca Park as well, you know? Aye. So it's definitely a cause to get behind. So moving on from Charles, we're going to go uh, <laughs> take a visit to some parts for Phil. Uh, we should add that this is a genuine rivalry between Charles and Pats. I know, obviously, the main one in Dublin is 
the road was closed. That's when everyone in Scotland anyway is aware of. But Charles Pass is a, it's a massive game, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a big one, especially, uh, I can't really speak for Shell fans, um, but uh, for Pat fans, it definitely is. Like, the away end has been sold out for the last two, three weeks. Um, so there's going to be a big Pat uh, uh, fan base at the game. Um, I think as well, uh, the reason why it's been sold out, I'm just echoing um, there what, is, what has been said, is Talker Park is uh, one, one of... You know, those stadiums where you can create a proper atmosphere as an away fan. Um, and it, it, it is, it's one of the few, not being disrespectful to other clubs, but it's one of the few proper football stadiums uh, in Ireland. So uh, it's always exciting as an away fan uh, to go there and, and watch watch a team. But uh, in regards uh, on the pitch, um, yeah, I mean, look, it's a Dublin derby. Um, most would say it's the second Dublin derby. Um, obviously behind Bows and Rovers, uh, I'm sure Patrick Shell fans uh, don't don't necessarily like saying that, but you you have to be really realistic in the numbers. Um, and yeah, hopefully it's going to be a good game on on uh, Friday night. Um, look, I'm I'm going to be biased. Uh, I think Pat will win. I think they win comfortably. I think the addition of Owen Doyle. It's huge. Um, we talk about you know goal scorers. Not be, you know, you need a goal scorer. There's not many of them around in the League of Ireland. To be fair, that would probably you know that you could turn around and say, uh, he'll get twenty goals. Um, on Doyle, you know, he's already hit the ground running. Everywhere he's gone, he, he's he's scored goals. Um, I mean, that's what he's all about. I think uh, Pat's have invested in him. Uh, basically, using the money for that that uh, young lad that they sold to. Uh, Udinese um, they have other obviously good players Forrester um, Birmingham so they kept the, kept most of their squad um, so it'll be interesting to see how they get on I'm sure Shells will want to hit the ground running uh, Damien Duff will want to get that win uh, I'm sure he's more ambitious and he, he, maybe then the Shells fans and probably wants to get a, a better finish in top four uh, no doubt um, but I just see Pats beating Shells and I can see Pats maybe running if found out says fit uh, the majority of their squad says fit throughout the season uh, I can see Pats uh, getting close to Rovers but I do think Rovers um, will be too strong their squad is you know too strong the, the depth they have players that they have Jack Bourne coming back uh, Danny Mandrew you know it's it's Andy Lyons you know they're, they're full of full of quality um, whereas Pats, while they have quality, it's it's limited. Yeah, I think what most of them Pats. Um, you brought up Chris Hollister, who former Aberdeen player, kind of. Um, he was there in name. Uh, obviously, the one that stands out for most people in Scotland is Billy King. Mm. I know of Billy King from very first-hand experience at United uh, of what he could be like. Um, how has he been over at, at, at Pats? Is he? Is he? Really taking it in his stride? Is he turned into one of the one a good player? Or is he a little bit? Does he still do that thing that he did all the clubs he's been previous? You, you think there's a spark there, but it just never really. You just see that yeah. spark and nothing else happens. It doesn't really ignite. Yeah, I mean, he, he scores important goals uh, throughout the season, and does have these kind of um, little stints where you're thinking, yeah, this 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 lad is is the real deal, and then sometimes he just. Oh no! Disappears like in games and and stuff like that. I don't know 
if that's a mental block or or that's just how he plays or um pats themselves are like that to be fair. They they go on runs and then suddenly they lose to, you know, bottom clubs like I know like last year Waterford or 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 uh, Finn Harps or whatever. So it's um that's the difference between Pats and, and Rovers, you know. Rovers don't usually lose to, to sides like that, whereas Pats do. Um, and there's always that element of doubt. Uh, I suppose every football fan has that about the team, but with Pats, there's always that element of doubt in the back of your mind that, you know, are they going to win? When they, on paper, they should win. Um, and Billy King probably probably reflects that as a player. Um as a player um, like the club uh, just I suppose inconsistent is probably the word yeah I mean that's the entire career uh, <laughs> in one word um, so yeah that's obviously that's the game that's on RT on Friday night that's the game that, like I said if you sign up the Alloy TV and um, we've had it confirmed that it is free to watch because it's on RTE so if you're in the UK we have to log in on the site to watch it in the UK well, if you've got Sky and you've got like it hasn't been updated, it still has RTE player on it. It should work. I'm not a technical expert. That's the wrong podcast for this. Like, uh, I feel like Dylan hasn't been able to join in any of this stuff uh, because it's all it's all, it's all Dublin based, um, which is obviously an issue for this entire season. Dylan, I quickly actually go on to that. Actually, if you got, what's your opinion on the fact that like obviously it's obviously it's sport and merit. There's nothing that can be done outside of sport and merit, but the fact that there isn't really any rep- that the furthest south team in Ireland uh, in Ireland will be Shamrock Rovers at, at Tala. There'll be no one in the top flight further south than that. Do you think that's a, an issue from the FAI, or do you think that's just a Waterford's collapse? We'll go into in a bit last season because it was mental. But do you think it's a bit of a? Do you think it's an FAI? FIA, FAI problem, or do you think it's a more just it's just a sporting? It's just the way sporting merit things sort of gone. How long do I have? I can I could, I could talk hours about this. Um, We've got the pro version of this. We can go for years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see, the the ten team Premier Division, and was originally a ten team First Division, came in place because of the Conroy report in two thousand and eighteen. So that's where all that came from. So, like personally speaking, I think that's part of the problem. A ten team division where you pay nine teams play each other four times gets very repetitive very quickly, especially like you know. Like I'm from Cork, so we've an obvious factor going to Finn Harps, Derry, you know, the full length of the country. But in Dublin, with such a Dublin dominance, you shelled Bowes, Pats, was it you, let's say, Pats, Bowes, Rovers, Shells, Drada, Dundalk, that's 16, that's 60% of the, of the Premier Division are all within about an hour's drive of, let's say, the Pale, which is like Dublin, essentially. Like, imagine uh, 12 of the Premier League teams are all from London. Or imagine, let's say, in a Scottish... Imagine you'd party Thistle, Queen's Park, Queen's is a Queen's Park, yeah, uh, Celtic Park. Rangers. Uh, I've already got Cl- Clyde. Uh, Motherwell. Motherwell. <laughs> there you go. Oh, it's, uh, it's fine. <laughs> so, like, I can understand it's sporting merit, though, but like, the problem is, I find with the fact it's two, ten, two, tier, two, ten, two, tier, two tiers of 10 teams, that the other lads might back me up on this, they might disagree with me, but you will get sick of playing, you know. Don't you get excited for derbies? I'm excited when Cork City play Waterford because that's a monster derby. I'm excited when they play Treaty when Treaty play Waterford. But again, a derby, especially when you play each other twice a season, maybe three times, not every second week is a derby. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally agree, uh, Dylan. Uh, I've many times said this, that we play too many teams too many times a year. Uh, even if we extended to 12 in the top tier and somehow 10 in the in the first division, because I think there are clubs out there that could join uh, if they were given the incentive uh, to join. Um, but uh, yeah, 10 in the first division, or 10 in the Premier, pardon me, is... Uh, yeah, it gets quite repetitive. Um and, and you know, the excitement of a derby uh, does does go out go out the window sometimes. Um but uh, you know, I totally agree with what they're saying there. But yeah, I I agree with the two lads completely. I remember back I think it was like two thousand six or two thousand five, we played Derry City seven or eight times a year because we were in the Satanta Cup with them as well. Uh, and then you played them I think we got them in both cups, which they inevitably beat us in because they're a real great cup team. Um, but yeah, like the ideal for me is, and I thought, you know, people definitely probably disagree with this, but like two, and I know the quality isn't there at the moment, but and we can look at the reasons for that, but two divisions of 16 teams is what you want because, you know, and like cut down on the midweek games, get back to basics, just have games on, you know, 30 game season. The problem is though, a lot of the clubs are very, um, they're, they're, they, you know, they can't see beyond their nose and they're quite, yeah. you know, selfish because everybody wants to have two home games against Shamrock Rovers, for instance, because, you know, they, you know, you'll get the money in. You don't want to have, you know, one game against Rovers and one against UCD, you know, that way. So, but I think, you know, if, if it wasn't so expensive for clubs to, to join senior football, you know, that you might have, you know, you need a team from Kilkenny, maybe get Monaghan United back in or whatever. But um, you know, have that regional spread. But I'd prefer to see a sixteen team um league, perfectly honest with you know. I mean it might, might give us a better chance of actually staying up for once, but you know. Yeah, I mean you're dead right there's, there's not only clubs, so I've I've spoken to fans who would be happy enough to play in a league with just Dundalk, Rovers and Bowers <laughs> and just forget the rest because they just love them games. But uh, it, it it's ridiculous. Like uh, I like to see I like to see a bit of variety uh, obviously go to different grounds different different towns uh, different places and stuff like that and you don't want to be playing the same things but yeah I mean sometimes the clubs only just see the money uh, I mean as, as you mentioned there Rovers Bowles is obviously going to make more money than a Rovers UCD but the expenses are probably going to be the same um, so it, it is a problem uh, in that regard um, but I mean look it's uh, at the moment. I suppose we're grateful to have the ten uh, in the Premier, but hopefully, yeah, uh, hopefully, a sixteen, uh, sixteen two tiers would be would be absolutely brilliant. Uh, and and personally, I've always advocated that there is enough uh, quality around our country and different counties and stuff like that to do it. Uh, but there has to be a proper financial plan put in place. Otherwise, we will end up with a lot of and excuse the irony, uh, forgotten clubs. <laughs> um, what, what yeah. that was that was a good plug. To be fair, you, you guys are genuinely talking to the converted. Everyone in Scotland is highly irritated with the league structure we have, where it is 12, 10, 10, 10. And we would all prefer slightly bigger leagues. But we have the same issue that you guys have in the fact that the chairman and the CEOs all want the, the, the pounds off the old firm. Uh, and as a, as a result, they tend not to vote in what the fans would want. They vote for the financial... Uh, benefit that they get which is obviously from the Celtic Rangers fans but you guys it's just it's, 
well, one of them plays in the same, it's almost the exact identical kit. <laughs> of course, it wasn't half the hassle, but um, yeah, I, I think you've, you've got a very good point. I think that's a point that I think everyone's got will wholeheartedly understand and appreciate that the league structure is terrible. It's also worth noting, though, that uh, for you guys, it's slightly more complicated than the fact that obviously, as a summer league, that's obviously a great thing, but the leagues below, there's no direct co- connection, but like Leinster Senior League, they are a winter league, they're not. They, they go from September through to, to May. So it, I think that that's just an added, a needlessly added complication <laughs> into trying to get the better teams from Leinster Senior League in, in, to get them to go into the League of Ireland. You need to either they're playing consistently throughout that year or they're going to stop and have a big, a big massive gap. It's interesting you say that because in 2023, there's actually plans for a third tier to the League of Ireland. And part of the plans is bringing teams from the colleges and universities leagues and teams from the intermediate. So like, let's say the Leicester Senior League and the Munster Senior League. And like, there are top quality teams there. Like I'm going to use College Corinthians as an example. They have Ian Turner, they have Craig Donnellan, they have Shane Daly Boots, uh, who are all ex-League of Ireland. You, uh, last year, uh, Calestra Don Kearney FC played Ringman Rangers and said we played the Intermediate Cup. I think like four of their starting level are all ex League of Ireland or they're all ex like underage national leagues, which would be our academy structure. So like there is like eleven talent there. But like I suppose it's compared to Scotland, we do have some level of semi professional setup going from League Two in Scotland to the, the Premiership in Ireland. It, it is relatively like, you know, fitters, builders, carpenters, uh, technicians, you know, Saturdays playing football, but with a mix of like I suppose with Ring Mahan, you could have someone who's like the striker could be uh, the ex League of Ireland who's now working in a call centre with the. With a, so it's there is a huge mix there that they, they need to get right to balance though, but we do need it because we do need that diversity. Like I know I'm going back to the previous point as well though, but like by the league being concentrated as well in Dublin, like people can forget at the moment that the, the most exciting place in the country for football is Cork at the moment. You've Cleveland Kelher, you've Kevin Long, Johnny Egan, you've Tyreek Wright, you've Ethan Varian, who plays for Wraith Rovers. He's he's on loan from Stoke City. You have Darrell Connor, who's at Air United. Well, they're not Irish internationals. One of them is he's under 21s. So, like, the players are coming out of Cork at the moment. You've Adam Eden, who plays for North City, he's a striker. And, like, by Cork being said, the first division, we're lacking because straight away, there's a lot less revenue in the first division because you're not, again, you're not playing Bowes, you're not playing Shamrock Rovers, you're not playing you know, the Cork Dublin rivalry, such. And like, so like we need a strong Cork team because a strong Cork team to actually develop players. Because like, again, this is the hotbed for talent in the country at the moment, at this moment in time. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think people will obviously remember the story of Cork. Uh, was it 2017, they were the champions with the likes of Sean, uh, Sean McGuire was part of the team. Um, uh, Trevor Shepherd, is that the right one? Uh, Carl Shepherd. Carl Shepherd. Thank you for saving me there. Uh, yeah. So, um, Cork obviously I fall away. There's a variety of reasons for that. Predominantly, uh, it's actually uh, obviously Dylan, you're the, you're the expert in this. You could you could obviously take up the entire show for the, the what has happened to Cork City, but it's good to see they're on the back, bounce back. And it, it, like I say, it is important to have that outpost. It'd be effectively like in Scotland losing Aberdeen. If you lose, it's a big city. If you lost that one big city away from it, it kind of diminishes a lot of the. To say product, then that's terrible. This isn't a marketing show, uh, it but it does just diminish a lot of the a lot of the show. And equally, Waterford last season, obviously, they had to change their ownership. Uh, they sacked their manager just before the playoff uh, against UCD. That didn't really obviously help their case. Um, 
So yeah, the EPL Waterford though. Sorry for cutting across. Oh. Is they there was seven goals was the difference I think uh, by the check table. There was a seven goals they set up by. They were sorry. It went down to goal difference between them and Finn Harps, and they were was it seven? I think was the difference between them. I'll have to double check that there, and I'm doing that right now. Uh, Waterford Finn Harps. They sorry there was two points between them, but they there was a but if if certain results went their way, the goal difference would have moved seven. I think. And they were beating seven other drop United in a COVID scare. They did three of their under 19s. I was at the game. It was quite literally men against boys. About a week later, they forfeited the game over a COVID issue. Like Waterford last year were the basket case in the league. But like they're just like they're just like I suppose a symptom of monsters of province. Like uh, I don't know if you've heard of Limerick FC. Uh, Limerick uh, were rele- relegated. They then dropped out of the league, and then a new club, Treaty United, were set up, which is basically Limerick 2.0. So there's a lot of internal issues there. You've Cork City. And Cork City, they were hit with a tax bill back in 2019. They, they were hit with a tax bill. It's huge. There's, there's a lot in this store. Like I spoke with once in the podcast for 20 minutes to get all the details in. But eventually they go to Preston. They sell, sell on clauses to get uh, funds to have with the tax bill and to get their license for the league. There's a lot in this. Like I'm just trying to do a very quick summarization. Uh, they're very close to going out of business. Uh, so you've Waterford, Limerick, Waterford, Who've been, who've been, who've had an interesting couple of years. So monsters, I suppose. I'm probably on very off topic here, but like no, Waterford no. was like uh, symptomatic of um, uh, a dysfunctional province. Uh, even like over the last couple of years, you've Limerick went bust. You've Waterford uh, went from Waterford United to Waterford FC. They kind of did a slight rebrand as well there recently. So and then people just made a joke of like, oh, they're the same club. They are the same club essentially. But like there is. A lot of like internal issues there in Waterford, there's internal issues in Cork, like Cork City famous and they went bankrupt in 2010 for the ownership of transfer to support this group. So like there's a city and they went bankrupt in the league in 2005. Um, a lot of people don't actually tune after the Sunday business post. So there's soccer, like I think Cork has had nine league of Ireland clubs. Uh, Waterford entered the league for two seasons back in 1934, I think. They took a year off, they came back. There's a lot in soccer monster. It's it's like an episode of Coronation Street, except uh, uh, there's very few like uh, Manchester successes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What are the, they are a podcast uh, to themselves. Um, we'd be here a long time, especially explaining how they got relegated and why their manager left or when he left and what he was doing in the away fan section during that game. <laughs> just, 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 just makes a good, just makes a good story. Um, so yeah, if we. Swing ourselves back round very loosely uh, to, to this set. In fact, I've got an even better segment, so we'll cut that, cut that, cut that. We'll do a better segment of from going from one basket of taste last season to another. We can go to Dundalk versus Denny. That's a much better segment, that one. Um, obviously, uh, people will know Dundalk probably predominantly because of the fact that they, they obviously played Arsenal in the Europa League a couple of seasons ago. They, that was, I think that's their second Europa League group stage. Appearance, but I think that was the first one where they actually were semi-successful in uh, getting wins. I believe you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they were the first team in group stage set uh, group stage to get an away win uh, against. I think it was Altmar. That was a few years ago, though. So, yeah, sorry, they drew. Yeah, I knew they got an achievement. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, Dundalk last season. I'll be honest, they were somewhat of a basket case. They changed managers fairly regularly. The first manager wasn't technically allowed on the sidelines, was he? He didn't have the correct certificate. 
I'm not going to pronounce his name because he'll be in Annihilation, but he was... It's not AC Milan's kids' camp uh, coach in America. He was just, uh, yeah, Filippo G. Vagnoli was their what summer camp coach. <laughs> what a pronunciation that was. Yeah, he's a he's a story in his own, as in, uh, like, it's genuinely, he wasn't allowed on the sideline because he didn't have the correct badges. Or so he, he didn't have the one badge that he, would need, he needed to be on the side. So the coach, um, he left, Vinnie Perth came back, who. I know that he'd been, he'd been on the radio quite a lot before, and he's saying how he, was, he could turn that team around. They, they stumbled. I don't really think they were in much relegation risk last season, but um, they stayed up anyway. They changed goalkeepers to Peter Cherry, who people may, Scottish fans may remember from the 2008 Adrianian side, Adrian United at the time. Uh, yeah, Peter Cherry, I think he's left the club, has he not? Since, no, he's not. He's still there. Um, he was obviously at Cork as well. Uh, he is 38 years old, I think, something like that. And he ended up being that first choice keeper for them. Um, they also had Sam Stanton, who's obviously gone to Rafe Rovers. People will know him. Uh, they also signed... Dundalk have got, of all the teams in the League of Ireland, outside of Derry, for obvious reasons, but Dundalk have got a lot of connection. They seem to do a lot of business with the UK. They gather a lot of players who were former UK uh, base players. Is that very, very accurate? Okay, the, the, yeah, the Dundalk project was uh, an interesting one. They they went out and they basically signed a lot of foreign players, really, not even from the UK, but from from far afield. Like that, that goalkeeper, uh, Alibibi, I think he was Armenian. Um, they got the lad from, uh, I'm not going to pronounce his name, from uh, Faroe Islands. Oh, um, yeah, they, they, they went out and they, they tried to sign the best from, you know, smaller nations, I suppose, if, if you want to put it like that. No disrespect. Um, whereas Rovers went out and bought the best talent in Ireland. So it was a kind of, I remember at the start of the scene going, let's see how this plays out. Because uh, a lot of people always say, oh, there's no talent in Ireland. Like, or this is why they don't watch League One because they think there's no quality. Uh, and a lot of people are like, oh, we should, you know, buy players, foreign players and bring them in and enhance our league. Um, the Dundalk project completely blew that uh, kind of theory out of the water because, you know, it just didn't mix. It didn't It didn't work at all. Uh, the Dundalk fans quickly turned on a lot of the, the foreign lads that came in saying they weren't trying... I think as well, they were offered a lot of money. I think some of them were on an awful lot of money um, for what they were doing. And that, that kind of irked uh, the Zog fans who, you know, a lot of them will remember that, you know, when they were back in, uh, you know, the first division and when they nearly went bust and, uh, you know, the old joke where other rival fans say, yeah, get the buckets back out. They, they were that, that, that team. They had to get buckets out to save their club. Um, and I think a lot of Dundalk fans saw the writing on the wall and thought this is where, where we're going again. Um, so I think I think Dundalk, uh, hopefully, you know, they're, they're, they're a big enough club. Hopefully they're, they're now with the, the new owners and stuff like that, there's a bit of sensibility there. Uh, they'll, they'll invest in, you know, their, their youth academies. Um, I mean, because they do have, uh, decent youth. I mean, there's the, the young lad there, um, Val, who uh, is actually from my area. 
and um, played in the school boys teams around my area. Uh, he was up there. He played a, a good few games, and now he's in Brentford, and he's doing very well over there. Um, so they do have a decent academy, um, but for whatever reason, the, the American owners, uh, Peak 7, I think, or Peak 6, they're called, um, decided they were going to go down this route of signing uh, loads of foreign players, and uh, that, that was going to be the, the answer. But uh, obviously it wasn't. But luckily, um, it didn't end up as catastrophic as it could have been. Yeah, I think that's summed it up. Not too bad, really, to be honest. I mean, uh, but this season, they've still gone down the same route. I mean, they've signed Mark Connolly on Northern Dundee United. If someone can run for him, fair enough. Uh, Lou McCarley, who was obviously... Lewis McCarley, who is Lou McCarley's grandson, uh, who's signed in. Uh, I think he's only on loan, though. I, I need to double-check that. Uh, they've got Stephen Bradley, who I think is, is on loan from Hibs. I know that signing came out of nowhere, because a lot of Hibs fans were expecting a bit from him. At hips and then Sean Maloney's let him, let him go across. Uh, David McMillan, who people may remember, I remember when he signed for St Johnston from from Dundalk, and there's a lot of hope about him. He didn't really do much until he went out on loan to Falkirk, and he seemed to smash him in for Falkirk in league. I think it was the Championship actually. If you he's gone back. He he seems to be doing not too bad. Peter Cherry's still there, who people may remember. It's just what a guy. Um, so yeah what are you guys thinking towards do you think this season do you think they're top four do you think they're just mid-table I, I think I fancy them to get about maybe fourth fifth you know, fourth or fifth I mean their squad is solid enough they've got loads of experience there with Garland and Andy Boyle you know they have Stephen O'Donnell who I think is a very good manager showed that at Pats and they've managed to uh, nick a couple of players from Pats as well Robbie Benson's very good um, I think you know. I think he'll improve. It. I think he'll do better. Um, I don't think they'll be near Pats or Rovers, to be honest. But uh, you know, it, I think they'll do okay. Much more of an improvement than last year. One thing about Dundalk, which is going to be which is going to be quite interesting, is like there is an expectation around the club. Like you know, when you win, was it forty titles in five seasons? When you get to two groups, group back back group stages, there is you know people do take an interest there. So people now have to be patient with the new project. Like they brought in Sam Bowen, John Mountney, John Martin, Keith Ward and Robbie Benson. That's kind of the core they brought in, but they did lose Michael Duffy. They did lose Patrick McElhinney, which are two of the, probably the most, I suppose, really good attack, creative attacking players. who have invited them for the last few seasons. I don't know if their stats in front of me. But also, Patrick Bowman's getting older. David McMillan's getting older. They haven't signed, like, you know, a 21, 22-year-old striker to come in. I know they have Georgie Kelly. But like, is Georgie Kelly going to score twenty two goals? Someone needs to step up there. But like, will they try to rebuild the club? Would people be patient? Would people actually like, you know, would people, you know, realize this is a long term project here? This isn't going to be like twenty sixteen again, where you win a league, get to a cup semi final, or get to the cup final. Like, people have to learn to be patient here. Because like people aren't patient. But what could suit that whole project? Steve O'Donnell. Because the fans love Steve O'Donnell. He's you know he's he's he won't pass the cup. He's a good manager. So. So that people will trust that will probably suit them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on to their rivals, uh, Derry City. Uh, Derry, I think loads of people have got to know Derry. We'll do the quick version of why Derry play in League of Ireland and not Northern Ireland because uh, I feel like it's probably one that should be explained when people realise that their brand new ball is in Northern Ireland. Uh, it was a case of, during the Troubles, the brand new ball was deemed as an unsafe location because it was located within Boghead instead of it is, to be fair. 
it's okay. It's quite good in the pocket. It was deemed on uh, unsafe. I think it was a game after after the game against Palmina. The coach was attacked by uh, not supporters. It was attacked during the middle of a riot. Uh, the F- FIA. That is the right one. Yeah, the Northern Irish F- FIA. Anyway, I. Uh, they put a stop. The games we played at Brandywell. They stopped playing there. They then a few years later applied to play in the League of Ireland. That's how they ended up in the League of Ireland. That is an incredibly shortened, <laughs> an incredibly edited version of how they ended up there. But it's worth noting. Uh, as for Derry themselves, I think they've actually, as Dennis just said, with the players that Dundalk have lost ninety percent of them, percent. They've most of them have gone across the Derry. Rory Higgins is a. It appears to be quite a good manager, uh, if we take from the back end of last season. Um, they've signed, well, they've signed, um, I know they signed Martin Smith not that long ago from Pats. Um, they've got Joe Thompson, who was obviously at Celtic for a wee while. Uh, Michael Duffy, who obviously was also at Celtic and at Alloa, I think he played, he was on the Dundee as well. He signed, he he was fantastic for, for, for Dundalk for many a season. Uh Brendan McElhaney, Brendan Kavanagh, they've got very good signings. Uh, they've signed a great goalkeeper, uh, Brian Marr from Bray. He was really good um, last year, you know, and he was on the radar of a lot of clubs in the Premier Division. And, um, he's he's a good signing as well that I think would have gone under the radar from, you know, as opposed to some of the bigger names. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's worth noting as well. That, um, it's worth uh, noting uh, as well that Brandy was a great place to, 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 to go. Uh, yeah, Dylan, I know you've got to shoot off shortly. Uh, so we will let you fly. Uh, if you just want to tell us where we can find you on Twitter and how people can say get in touch. <laughs> Depends if you want to yeah. Get, get in touch. Uh, yeah. If anything, anyone wants to know anything about League of Ireland, uh, my Twitter handle is at Judge Bill. It comes from the comic book uh, Judge Dredd. So reach out to me. Uh, reach out to me. I will happily help you out. No worries. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Your knowledge of uh, Munster is uh, an episode in itself. Uh, you've been absolutely fantastic. So yeah, we'll let you shoot off uh, and deal with your issues. <laughs> Thank you very much. No worries. Cheers. Uh, yeah. Yeah, just to finish up on, on, on Derry, was how we, we've said about Good atmospheres and, and, and grounds. The Brandywell is one that's worth going to, uh, especially to get away in. But obviously, the Brandywell's good. It's, it's worth going to. It's a, it's a great spot. It's it's one of my favourite ways uh, to go to. It's it's a great place. Um, and actually, I know that another club who who's fan, you know fans wouldn't be very fond of shells. However, you know to go up there, like they are actually very, uh, you know, hospitable. And uh, they're very nice people, and it, it's a cool, it's a great, it's a great place, you know. And it, it's kind of, it's unusual, you know. It's unusual, you know. You know, you don't. Obviously, there's no, uh, there's no uniform police at the match, you know. That's a bit of an unusual one, you know. Especially if any of your your Scottish listeners want to go over, and they're used to seeing, you know, rows of of bobbies and police. There's nothing like that at, at the Brandywell, nothing like that at all. It's a terrific place to watch football, and they're very passionate. They're a good club. Good to see them on the rise again, I suppose. But now. You know, they're well and truly Brewster. They're, they're probably going to buy their, buy a few league titles now soon. Be some competition for Rovers at least, I suppose. Oh yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, we don't want to see Rovers run away with the league because we don't. Uh, and Pat's just draw, so you know we've got to get someone that can win a game every now and then. 
next one we're going to take a quick look at is Finn Harps versus Drada. I don't really think there's much. I don't really want to dismiss any Finn Harp fans or Drada fans. All six of them. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Finn Harps, the only good... Finn Harps as manager is their best fit. <laughs> yeah, he's a character, all right. He's an absolute <laughs> character. There's no doubt about that. Oh. Uh, he's very, he's a very, he's a very funny fan. He's a cool coach, though. I think a lot of this is an act with him, though. You know, to take away from the fact that he's actually a very good coach. Think about Finn Harps is Finn Harps are a bit like, uh, you know, Stoke on a wet Wednesday night before Stoke on a wet Wednesday night was a thing. You know, like it's <laughs> like it's like Finn, like that's the best, the best that they have. Finn Park, it's a, it is a very tough place to go, uh, and they're usually quite a physical side. They're, very athletic team they usually have. Um, I'm impressed they've added Yo-Yo Maddy. As I said, I think he, he's a very good signing for them. I think they'll do okay. I think I think they'll finish maybe third bottom. I think they will. I think uh, and their opponents draw it. Um, I actually, you know, Tim Clancy's a big loss for them the co- in, as manager or head coach. But uh, I know Kevin Doherty quite well and he's a great football man and he, he'll have them playing decent ball on a, on a kind of a modest enough uh, budget. You know, they've lost James Brown to Blackburn. But um there's there's some players like Ryan Brennan, George Pointon. So I think to be honest, I think I think I think Trotter might finish second bottom. You know, I think they have, I think they'll get the playoff to be honest with you. But Kevin Darty's a good manager, he could uh, he could shock a few people there as well. Oh yeah. Um, for anyone that's interested, Ollie Hogan is the manager at Finn. Yeah. He is literally the Irish version of Dick Campbell. His 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 quotes are, are brilliant, his interviews are well, I, I, I'd assume just before the game, probably before the game, pre, pre-game, he'll probably tell everybody, ah, sure, look, we're, all, we're going we're to... We're relegating already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every year, like, uh, it's, it's quite... Uh, I, I think it is mind games. I think he just does it just to play down the job that he's actually doing. Because uh, Finn Harps, uh, while, while everybody's kind of second favourite club, maybe, uh, everybody kind of, you know, likes Finn Harps. Uh, I, I've never met uh, uh, maybe Derry fans wouldn't agree but um, you know it's a tough place to go though I, it's definitely I was definitely seeing pictures of Finn Park when uh, after a torrential rainstorm and it's uh, it's a mud bath it's mm. if you can actually play on it to be honest but they do use it to their advantage um, they'll be down the bottom they'll be they'll be fighting for their lives they won't they won't be cut adrift or anything like that uh, they'll always be be uh, in or thereabouts. It'll be the games against UCG, uh, Drogheda, um, and then you know Finnharps are well capable of picking up points against the likes of Pats, um, Bowles, um, you know Derry as well. They always up their game when they play Derry because it's a bit of a derby. Um, so you know they're one of those sides. They're they're not going to be they're not if if you enjoy your tiki tacky football, uh, your Man City style or or, or uh, Pat Barcelona, uh, Finnharps are probably not the side uh, to be watching. But if you if you enjoy the rough and tumble of football, uh, you know you know um, Stoke City esque, then uh, they definitely definitely want to watch. Uh, I. I I'm going to say they're going to stay up just because of the Ollie, Ollie Hogan factor. I think he is a great coach. I think he's uh, underestimated just because of perception, his appearance and, and the way he talks and some of the things he gets up to. Uh, always guaranteed uh, a, a red card or two during the season. Um, but uh, he is he is a great manager and he is one of those um, characters in the League of Ireland that kind of enhances our league, to be honest. 
Um, and uh, yeah, look, I, 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 t- I would agree. Um, there, I think they will come toward bottom probably. Oh, so going from one legendary league of Ireland slide straight to another one at Showgrounds. It's the final game of the weekend, top flight wise. Uh, Sligo Rovers versus Bulls, and I think the best place to start with with Sligo Rovers. Uh, Liam Buckley is obviously manager there. He is not Ollie Hogan esque in quote material, but he's still unique. <laughs> he has been around a long time. Um, yeah, Buckley, Buckley's been around a long time. I mean, I, I know from Spartan Fingal days. Um, he's quite an intelligent manager. Uh, he gets the best out of the players that he has. Um, always, always quite shrewd in, in, in the players that he recruits. Um, he's, he's doing a decent job over Sligo, but Sligo, Sligo are a big club. Uh, they're a one-town team. They want to, you know, start winning things. I know, I know it's, it's all well and good saying, oh, yeah, they're doing well, they're coming forth and progress and stuff like that. They really want to, uh, at some point, go, you know what, we want to win the league or we want to win a cup. Um, and, and they really should be challenging a little bit better than they have been, if I'm being honest. Um, so hopefully we see the emergence of Sligo this year as a, as a real contender, as somebody who's going to give it to the, the Dublin side, I suppose. Um, and, and that's what I'd expect from them, because they can't just keep... Uh, kind of making uh, the top three are kind of challenging and then dropping off about five, six games to go. They need to really have a go at it and because uh, they have the means, they have the manager, they have the players, they have the stadium, they have the fans um, because over in Sligo, the fans are a huge, huge part of what they're doing over there. Um, great club, uh, as I said, great stadium, the showgrounds and, and, you know, I think this is the season where they, they need to kind of push themselves. Yeah, I They'll be probably best known in Scotland at the minute because obviously Johnny Kenny went to Celtic uh, and then uh, they went to sign Aidan Keenan, who is uh, an enigma in, in football in terms. Because everyone says, guys, it's got so much potential, but you never see it. Uh, the final team to look at for the top flight uh, is obviously Bowles. Bowles, at the minute, I think people are more aware of their off field uh, exploits, shall we say? Uh, I've spoken to a few fans, a few are a bit. Um, I've spoken to a few Bulls fans, some aren't overly impressed with some of the stuff, some are wholeheartedly jumping in with it. Um, from a footballing point of view, they've lost a lot of important players, would you not say? I mean, they've kept all the Liam Burt, which is obviously a good, it's a good bit of business. They've kept all the Valley Coop, which is again a good bit of business. I think they had a lot of the team from last season. A lot of the squad players, so to speak, were on contracts, and it was the better players, George Kelly in particular, who has left, which is, I think, going to maybe hamper them. Also, how do you think, think they're going to cope after their penalty defeat in the Cup final at the end of last season? So, You know, I think I actually think Bowes will be fine this year because this kind of happens to Bowes every now and again under Long. Long's obviously a very good coach, good manager. They've lost... Those tend to be a bit of churn. They lose a few players. Um, they have, I mean, I think they got Chris Tordek. Is that how you pronounce his name? The Canadian lad. I think he's back there. Um, have they have they held on to Dawson Devoy? Uh, I think they might have. Yeah. And Ryan Ryan Cassidy, this guy, I think they got on loan from Water uh, from Watford. I think he's yeah. he's supposed to be very good. 
Uh, and, and they've got a young lad called Jamie Mullins, I think, who's very highly rated. So I think they'll kind of they'll be okay. I think they'll finish fifth or sixth. You know, I don't think they'll be pulling up trees. You know, the, the point Philip made earlier on about Owen Doyle being a goal scorer, like 15 odd years ago, like the League of Ireland had Jason Byrne and Glenn Crow, Gary O'Neill, John O'Flynn, Daryl Murray, goal scorers. There's not too many of them now, right? So you have Owen Doyle to lose a player like Georgie Kelly. And you know, this time last year, I don't think anyone would have predicted he would have had that season that he did. But obviously, Keith Long got a lot out of him. And I wouldn't be surprised if he if he replicated that with some of the newer lads they brought in. Um, but I think they'll be okay. Uh, you know, they might go on a cup run, finish maybe fifth, I'd say fifth, uh, fifth mean, or sixth, maybe. Yeah. You'd say they've probably got one of the best keepers in the division, realistically, in, in, in Talbot. Um, yeah, he's very good, actually, yeah. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good shot stopper, you know. Um, but I think, I mean, one of the complaints last year, I think they, they, they conceded a lot of goals. I think they were saying, you know, they, they shipped a lot and they were, they were poor at the back. But, um, you know, I think I think balls will be fine. And I think that's that, that's testament to to, to, to Long and, and, and what he does there. You know, they, they operate under kind of modest enough budget, to be fair, to be fair to them. Um, I mean, but yeah, and, um, you know, yeah, people, you know, the fans can say whatever they want, you know, off the field, you know, some of them might not be happy where they're going, but at the end of the day, what they've done in the last, you know, nearly decades has worked, you know, they've reversed their fortunes, you know, they were, they were struggling, now, now it's sold out, memberships are up, they're selling replica shirts, you can't get a ticket, you know, so yeah, I think, you know, if you were a Bose fan, you still have to look at the, at the glass being half full there, you know, and, <laughs> and maybe put aside some of your misgivings about sort of say political agendas or whatever it might be, because uh, you know the club is kind of they're on a good footing, you know, much better than than they were. Well, I mean, um, the, the the shirt with the the Bob Marley shirt was obviously the one that um, I think most people must have seen by now. Uh, it is always worth telling the story that they tried to punt it a couple of years ago and got stopped by Bob Marley's estate. That <laughs> always needs to be added in, just just, just yes. to remind people, you know, just to say. I did it a couple of years ago. Didn't he work? Um, I think people obviously remember it for that. Um, I think with Bowes, I think dead right there, Barry, that's what they've done over the last 10 years in, in you know, getting their fan base, you know, up, you know, into thousands of uh, games being being uh, sold out and stuff like that. Um, I think that's that, that's absolutely wonderful. Like, you have to applaud what, what's being done there. I think what annoys most people is that they do. Obviously, I don't think it's the fans. I don't think it's the fans that do it. Um, but it's, it's whoever's run the club has some sort of little political agenda there as well. Um, you know, like stuff like the Bob Marley shirt was was a you know actually a bit of an advertising genius. I I thought it was a publicity stunt that went really well. Um, I thought I wouldn't I wouldn't begrudge them of that. It's the stuff that you know climate justice officer and things like that. Now, it's all well and good having that. I, I, you know, I'd advocate clubs having these sort of things. But it just feels that Bose shove it down your throat as in, the, you know, they're waving it as if they're the only club to ever do it. And I think that's now because rival fans slagged them about it, their fans are now going, oh, you're just setting us up to be slagged. Uh, and, and I think that's why their fans are, are, are a little bit annoyed by it. But uh, in general, I think what, what they've done is is great. I mean, yeah, sold out games. That's what you want to see. Great atmospheres. Um, 
In regards on the field, I mean, they they have lost a, a good bit of experience there. Even Keith Ward going to Dundalk as well. Uh, it was a big loss. Um, but they do seem to just reproduce uh, young talent uh, through the, the academy system there that they have with St. Kevin's boys, which seems to be working over the last few years. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, calling, uh, wouldn't be worried that they get relegated or anything like that. But I don't think uh, they'll be pushing Rovers for a title as much as they want to believe that they could. Although I've seen a lot of Bulls fans not, not exactly happy with the, with the transfers and stuff like that. But I think, yeah, I think they're a mid-table team. I think if they could get a few wins against Rovers, uh, I think that, and a cup run, I think that will uh, keep them happy for now. But like Sligo, Bowes at some point are going to have to turn around and say, you know what, it's great being progressive off the pitch, getting all these fans in and stuff like that. But we need to actually produce on the field to keep these fans and to actually uh, uh, keep it going. Um, because, you know, they can keep finishing fifth and sixth every year. Um, but football fans, you know, most football fans want want to see a bit of silver or a trophy. Um, especially when you're only in a 10-team league, you know, it's, it's, it's I don't want to say it's easier, but, uh, you know, the, the odds are, are more in your favour than, say, if there was a 16 or 20-team league. So um, it'll be interesting to see how both get on. I, t- I think, yeah, fifth, sixth place, I think... Uh, is probably probably what you're looking at. Yeah, well, that completes our whistle top, whistle top, whistle stop rather uh, tour of the, the Premier Division. Before uh, we also, are we all, is everyone of the attitude that I think Rovers are going to, Shamrock Rovers are going to win the title? I think that's uh, a fair, fairly given. Um, who are you guys fancy for relegation? UCD, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, UCD. Yeah, I, I mean. <laughs> You know, I should just completely jinx it and just say, we'll go down, we'll get relegated, because then it will happen. But, um, you know, UCD are set to lose Whelan and Kerrigan. They're two star players in June, right? So if they don't have the points on the board by then, uh, I think it'll be a very tough latter 2022 for UCD. I think they'll go down automatically. I think I think, I think Rado will, will get the relegation playoff place. And I fully expect them to be well clear of Finn Harps uh, come September and October. And Finn Harps will do what Finn Harps always do. It's to put a run together and they'll win a load of games when the weather, when it gets darker and when it gets all a bit murkier and a bit scrappier. And Finn Harps will finish third bottom and the mighty Reds will finish seventh. There you go. That's as optimistic as I'm getting. <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. Um, who do you get? You guys got any special feeling towards who the FAI Cup would go? So I know last year loads of people said St. Pat's at the start of the season, and then Pat's went and won it, which was. Um, I mean, it's usually it's usually um, it's, it's a lot. Of, it depends on who who. I know that's cliche. It's a lot of the cups. A lot of depends. Say if Rovers get Bowls in the semi final, or Rovers get Pat's in the semi final, um, and somebody gets a not an easier draw, but you know, um, an easier passage, I suppose. Uh, to the final, uh, you'd have to say Rovers are gonna you're gonna win the cup as well. Uh, they're that strong. Um, obviously, Sligo have history. Um, Pat's won it last year. Um, we've talked about other teams wanting to go on cup runs like Bowes and Derry. I'm just gonna say Rovers are gonna win win the double. I'm gonna I'm gonna be boring and just say that. Lazy journalism. <laughs> I think I think Derry I think Derry will win the cup this year. You know. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, like they have they have a lot 
you know, I, I don't think they'll be consistent enough to win, you know, to, to, to challenge Rovers or even Pats. I think they'll finish third, but I think they have enough quality to win on, a, on any, any, any given day. So, but uh, I mean, the point Philip was making, I mean, Philip, you know, I mean, the Cup, the cup semi-final draws are fixed, aren't they? You know, I mean, that's what we heard last year, didn't we? <laughs> that, uh, that, that's why you got done dark at home or something, wasn't it? Wasn't that something, was, obviously, uh, the hot balls or whatever it is, no? Yeah, <laughs> uh, you probably know him. Our friend's a Dundalk reporter. Um, what's the name? Jerry Malone. Was convinced oh, yeah, Jerry. <laughs> that it was a Dubs thing, that, uh, that uh, it was all about the Dubs, and that's why Waterford and Dundalk got away draws. And uh, his, his tweet kind of went a little bit viral, and everybody was like, "Yeah, yeah, you're dead right," and all. You know, <laughs> he's a bit of an anti-dub head. So, um, I mean, yeah, a lot of people outside of Dublin thought it was it was a it was a fix. Uh, I obviously it's ridiculous. It's not. Um, like as much as I don't like the FEI, I don't think uh, they've done that. Um, <laughs> I don't think the FEI have the competency to fix a, a cook trial yeah. either. Yeah. Yeah, they've done that. Um, but even if they, even, like, why would they? Dundalk and Waterford would 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 have yeah. Yeah. Like, So uh, why would they do it? Like, it's absolutely like, two big provincial teams. Uh, yeah. You know, like we're not talking about UCD and, and Longford or something. This is Waterford yeah. and Dundalk. Like, it would have been a good crowd. Yeah, it a good crowd. So it didn't make sense what he was saying. But um, yeah, no, it, I think uh, it, it, the draw obviously again cliche. It's all about the draw in the cup. Um, but I just think Rovers. Will be too. So although again, it, you know, it depends how they do in Europe and stuff like that. Uh, if they if they get far enough in Europe, they might uh, decide. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna try um, try our hand again as far as possible in in Europe. And with this new Europa Conference League and stuff like that, maybe sides might be more distracted by that than the FAI because there, there obviously is more money involved mm. in Europe than than the FAI Cup. Uh, even though you want to win a trophy. Um, but clubs and their boards are, uh, you know, it, it is about the money, to, to be fair to them. So, um, I think that's been absolutely fantastic. I think people will definitely uh, enjoy this. But as you can tell quickly, there is not much difference between this and Scottish football. There's still conspiracy about hot balls. Uh, there's still two teams providing money to chairman so they won't vote to improve stuff. Uh, just on a one small note for your your listeners might be interested in, you know Scotland are playing in Dublin in June and there's a full set of League of Ireland fixtures the night before oh. so if any if anyone's over and they want to I think I think Pats are playing Rovers and Shells are playing Derry Tolkis so um, you know it might be if, if, if especially for ticketless fans and they're over for the weekend could be one to look into uh, and get a bit of a bit of ground hopping in Especially Tolka, if it's not around for too long, you know. I, I recommend getting to Tolka. Uh, even even Richmond Park, which is obviously the facts. It's not. Yeah, Rich, Richmond's, are, Richmond's are cracking ground as well, to be perfectly fair. I mean, Philip kind of hit the nail on the head earlier when he was talking about Tolka. Like, Richmond is similar. Like, it's in amongst all these terraced, terraced houses, you know. Um, it has a little, you know, cracking little. The shed is gone now, unfortunately, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, again, it's a good place to go and watch football. Right. Everywhere basically by Tala, which is Tala's just submitting park uh, without with one less stand. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, it's been absolutely fantastic having you guys on. Last question I've got for you: What is your halftime food of choice? Is it a pie? Is it a burger? You... No, Fortunately, you can't. Uh, when I, when I was at was at Tynecastle in October and I had a lovely Scotch pie. I was watching Hearts and Motherwell. 
Um, and obviously, you know, when you go to games in the UK, you can get a little, you know, chicken balty pie or something like that. No, I don't actually eat inside Lever. <laughs> to be honest with you. When I was younger, when I was younger as a kid, like, you know, you they used there was a shop down the Ballybock end in Talkit, used to do lovely hot dogs and oxtail soup. But uh, like that was when I was a teenager or uh, you know, a preteen, I suppose. But uh, no, I wouldn't have a uh, because they you know they tend to have like fish and chips and burgers. What about you, Philip? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I would have eaten chips and uh, curry sauce, but <laughs> I've actually been outpriced now. Uh, it's, it's it's getting more expensive in the grounds. Like, I mean, a fiver, I think I was at uh, usually Pat's uh, pre-COVID, and I went to get chips and curry sauce. And uh, I know it was chips and cheesy, uh, cheesy chips had me, and it was like a fiver, and you didn't get very many in it. Uh, I'm a man who looks for value uh, for my money. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't get very many in it, so I was quite disappointed, so... Um, but if I was to, it would be chips, uh, cheesy yeah. chips, and then a, a cup of tea as well, just keep keep you warm. Uh, off the top of my head now, I just when I think of it, and not to not to plug Phillips uh, page, right, but Monaghan United, I forgot, uh, yeah. used to do these Mondogs. Now, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everyone was thinking I love hot dogs. I actually don't. It was just, you, there's such a lack of options at the Evergreens. Uh, Finn Park do a nice curry chips as well. Uh, but they also used to let you out to go to the uh, Chinese around the corner as well and let you back in. Oh, that was about 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, we need more pies. We need more pies in the League of Ireland, basically, is what I'm trying to say. That is a fact. Um, so finally, guys, thank you so much for coming on. I hope, mm-hmm. uh, hope you've enjoyed it. I'm going to try and persuade everyone to listen to one slightly in the summer when we've got nothing else to do. Um, but you guys have been absolutely phenomenal. Remember that the fact that when Scotland are playing Ireland in Dublin in June, there's a full card of Adelaide that night. Night before, rather. Night, night before, rather. Yeah. Uh, just go along. It's only... I know Rovers have started charging people... Is it 20, is it 20 euros they started charging people? Oh, they've got the mental categories, haven't they, for their games? Like, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's the ones where they know there'll, there'll be an away crowd like Pats, Bowls, Shells and Dundalk uh, our, our category A go, go to the other teams because um, the last time I was at poker it was 12 euro 13 euro maybe was, that was a while ago but it's probably not gone up much since uh, go along it's only a tenner realistically depends depends on the exchange rate it probably is going to be about 12 quid but yeah Get yourself along. Um, also, try and you know log on. It's uh, if you log on to the ROI website, it is equivalent to five pound fifty at the minute for the game, so can't really go wrong with that. And you will enjoy, it genuinely is good, good entertainment. And on a Friday night, it's much better than watching I don't know what for Burnley or whatever shit they put on on a Friday night. Who wants to watch that crap? Um, so, guys, thank you so much. Uh, Barry, where can people find where can people find you on? Internet, if they wish. Uh, you can find us on um, both Twitter and on Instagram at Reds Independent. Um, you can you'll find us there on um, our socials there. So uh, we'll have information about the latest issue. Um, like our latest issue will be on Friday, but um, you'll find other other stuff that we'll be uh, retweeting and, and news stories there. Yeah, uh, uh, Phil, where can people grab you? Uh, on my uh, on Twitter at Forgotten Clubs, um, 
yeah, that's basically mainly where 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 I'm at. Um, it's all just kind of the, the blog itself isn't. It, you know, uh, I haven't really got time to to add the blog, but there's there's about fifty odd stories up on the blog there if you want to read through it. Uh, Irish, English, Scottish. North American European clubs. Uh, I'm busy writing the book at the moment. Uh, that should be out in July. Uh, 50 uh, forgotten clubs, 50 clubs around the world. Uh, loads of interviews from fans all over the world. Uh, and it's enjoyable to write, so hopefully it'll be enjoyable to read. Yeah, absolutely. I endorse, highly endorse Forgotten Clubs uh, blog. They are very good, especially Scottish ones. Uh, and I highly, highly endorse Reds Independent. I buy the copies. They are phenomenal. Thank um, you. <laughs> and we would also make sure we mention um, the Safe Dog Park, which is a thing that I think we should all try and get behind as much as possible. Um, so, yeah, again, thank you guys. You've been absolutely fantastic. Hope you guys have enjoyed listening to it. Please give us a retweet, follow, and all that jazz. Uh, use another drill. Use another drill. Um, and drop us uh, a line if you enjoyed this episode uh, that's us so again thank you for listening and cheers thanks see you, see you. good luck thanks